What's going on, everybody? This is City Wrestling Radio, and this, this is, well, we're going to talk a little AEW full gear. Can't hear you, man. This is the post show. Too busy nodding my head. (laughs) Rocking out over there to a little Fozzie Nowhere to Run, the official song of AEW full gear. Their second best song since Drinking with Jesus. Well, that's debatable, man. We're Judas. But... Oh, we gotta get we gotta get you focused on work, Michael. I gotta turn that off. But we're here. This is the post show. This, it's, it's it's everlasting in my mind. I'm living that life, that Fozzy life right that, now. That Fozzy life. <clears throat> You're still going with it. I'm, it's it's for life, man. Drinking the bubbly. Oh yes. And uh, who are the other members of Fozzy? Uh, Chris Jericho and. Fozzy from <laughs> and Fozzy. I was always hoping Fozzy. I was always hoping he named that, that he named that band after that character. Wasn't he? Um, <laughs> He's his favorite Muppet. Guy. I was always hoping that Chris Jericho was a character in Fozzy. Like he, his name was Fozzy. I'm and, surprised they like Chris but, Jericho wasn't around when the Muppets were on an, an, like on an episode of Monday Night Raw and like Fozzy Bear did like did not appear. Like Beaker was uh, appearing alongside Seamus for that one episode, right? Like they were cousins. Well, that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, but anyways. Post show, we got a lot of stuff to talk about. This is City Wrestling Sunday Radio. special. We didn't even say we are. This is City Wrestling Radio. I'm your host Corey Smith. Uh, we're here to talk about, uh, like I said, AW Full Gear and New Japan uh, San Jose Showdown because I was in that attendance. happened. Yeah. I was in attendance last night. You're my co-host, and your name Michael Vergara. How are you today, sir? I'm doing all right. I'm doing all right. You know, I'm just all <clears throat> ca- I'm all cafeed up. I was uh, I had Jericho. Just rocking out. Just rocking out. Anyways. Um, My earbuds. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, like I said, uh, don't forget to like, share, and subscribe at CWR4 and 5 Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Best way to stay up to date with City Wrestling Radio. Um, and it also boosts the profile of the show. Uh, go to our um, go to our Instagram page, too, because that one's a lot of fun. There's, yeah. a, lot, there's a lot of cool stuff. You should just it. tag more wrestlers in it. St- yeah, I tag all the wrestlers in it. Like, I'm just going to make a post. That's a big list. It, all the wrestlers. I have a it's list. It's just nothing but words. You know, just words. Yeah. Over words. So you can't even see whose words in it, but you get tagged. Like, why am I in this? Okada's like, why am I in this? I'm like, don't worry. It's Okada. his birthday. That's why. Happy he's in birthday, it. Okada. Do you see that picture of him just staring in a mirror with that really small cake in his Instagram? <laughs> that was the, that was last night after the show. Yeah, and um, like, I believe someone brought it for him. Oh, that's very nice. Uh, he said thank you for the birthday wishes. He did the post oh. show. Did but, he speak? Okay. Did, well, I'll, I'll, I'll talk yeah. about. It. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but anyways. Um, should we just get right into it? I mean, I mean, we do have, you know, is there any we, news? We do have of? a little bit of an unfortunate news. Oh, um, that's right. Yeah, New York, uh, as you may already know, New York independent wrestler Matt Travis passes away at age 25. That Jesus is a very, Christ. very young age. I'm just going to read off the postwrestling.com website who has this report here by one by way of John Pollock. On Saturday, a tragedy occurred with the passing of New York based independent wrestler Matt Travis. Travis began wrestling in 2016, appearing on CZW's Dojo Wars and later regular for House of Glory and Game Changer wrestling um it was believed that travis was struck by a dump truck in the early hours of saturday morning in east harlem new york report from the local nbc news affiliate have reported that a 25 year old cyclist was struck when a truck was making an illegal turn striking the cyclist and failed to stop the cyclist was rushed to a hospital and later pronounced dead this has become a really major problem going on in new york lately a cyclist getting hit by just by anything damn yeah and so that's our we send our condolences to all those affected by Travis Martin. Apparently, like, and it, it it affected a lot of people. Amazing Red uh, tweeted I, a lot tweeted of people out. tweeted. I think in and outside WWE, New Japan, you know, people from all around independent scene, proud and powerful, exactly. You know, who were at you know, know. they're a New York based like uh, you know wrestling tag team. Yeah, at least so. they. 
their characters are based in your I don't know if you know the exact lineage of those two guys. So, yeah, bit of a bit of a somber start, but we should give out you our know, condolences our to condolences. the friends, families, and, and fans of everyone affected by that. That sucks. Yeah. Well, that sucks, Michael. Well, I'm sorry. Like I, I just feel like we it just happens, need to get yeah. that out there. Get it out there. Um, anyways, uh, let's continue uh, with uh, some more news that I'm going to try to transition. Um, into talking about wrestling. Steve's our way into AEW all out. Uh, no, I mean, there's, there's really not a whole a lot of other news. Um, yeah, you know, because a lot of stuff, are, I think we're just coming off the come down of a lot of wrestling last night. Saturdays, that's just becoming a thing now. Uh, it's well, been a thing. There is one thing I, I do want to mention real quick, though. Uh, yep. There is a match announced for Impact's... Um, uh, I Hate feel to like kill. I, hard to kill. Uh, yeah. Is it hard to kill? Yeah. Yeah. I Which is a like, very appropriate name for one impact I wrestling, like, yeah. formerly known as TNA. I feel I'm like sure this is a really bad transition from the last story. <sighs> oh, yeah. Anyway, what was the news? Tessa Blanchard versus Sammy Callahan for the Impact World Heavyweight title. They've been building up for this. So, I mean, I... It's a bit too early, honestly. I think Tessa's going to win the title. I think so, too. Um, and they, they're going to get a lot of eyes for having their, their top champion. Like, uh, listen, she is, uh, by all accounts... They're that company's biggest star. I would pull the trigger on her because if you don't, you can't do it anymore. Right. Because she already lost once. Like if she loses twice, then what do you got there? So and Impact needs needs an edge, you know? Like it's so hard to like really get a, like get so much buzz or attention from yourself unless you do unless you carve out a very, you know, big big identity to mm-hmm. your, you know, promotion. What better way for Impact to say, hey, this is who we are, then make your best performer, who just happens to be a woman, yeah, be at the mountaintop of this, uh, be the face of this very company, yeah. You yeah. know, and it comes off as very progressive. It comes off as very unique. And Representation matters. Three years later, WWE is going to have the first women's universal champion, and they'll be like, "This is the first women's world champion in any." Wrestling show. Ever. It's definitely not going to happen in AEW, considering Tony Khan's stance <laughs> on uh, intergender. Uh, matches and i don't think it's gonna happen in wwe either honestly uh so maybe one so it's not gonna it's not gonna happen to any of those big two so for impact to do to capitalize on this and to do what's right by the booking um we'll see how it goes i kind of want to see that match we'll see how it goes see it's making me interested in the promotion and that's like more to say than that than what whatever the fuck roh is doing which is nothing so far instead of drawing like 250 are they still around yeah of course they are I um I haven't even seen them. I haven't even heard anything. They haven't. That's kind of their noise. problem, honestly. You know, they just haven't make any noise. <clears throat> like but. the last signing they had. I mean, they had Jeff Cobb sign, and then Jeff like, where did Jeff Cobb go? You know, like I mean, well, he was not at that. I think he's at the Los Angeles show, right? Yeah, maybe. Yeah, or New Japan. I think he's in the World Tag League, but that's all. It's only true. time I see him, though. That's true. So. Anyway, speaking of New Japan, let's just let's just talk about wrestling. Let's talk about all the wrestling that happened last <laughs> night because there's not a whole lot of news. Yeah, so I'm not gonna. But then it. that transition, like making, like, are you sure you want to start off with New Japan Showdown? This is AEW, full gear. It happened last night. Pay per view, fifty dollars. First time I ever. Are most are money we starting of, with AEW. I thought we were okay. Fine, we'll start with AEW. Let's continue because I feel like people. Yeah, um, yeah, fifty dollars. I know I usually come to you when it comes to these events, so this is probably one of the first times I ever actually. Uh, I am the sugar daddy of the podcast group. Well, you don't have to say it like that, but it, it is what it is. <laughs> but well, due to circumstances of you attending that New Japan show, I had the bestowed upon honor of being on notes and call 
play by play duty of well I didn't I wasn't actually on so the Jim show. Ross Excalibur and Michael, Michael Vergara. Vergara no yeah um so let's get into it uh starting off with the boyin it's Taz, Golden Boy, and Excalibur on the call. Oh, yep. Taz was there? Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. Cool. I didn't see the buy-in, I'll be honest, because I, I had to go back and rewatch this this morning. because like, There's only so much hours in the day, Corey. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So, um, But I did watch 90% of the main card. So. Okay, cool. Bea Priestley versus Britt Baker. Story of the match is that they hate each other and that Bea Priestley, according to Britt Baker, is an unprofessional piece of shit. Her words, not mine. She actually did say that. Who said that? Bea Priestley? Uh, Britt Baker. Oh, okay. That Bea Priestley is a piece of shit because wow. she kicked her in the head a bunch of times. No. Bea Priestley has a fa- <laughs> Bea Priestley has a face where like she always thinks there's like a lingering smell in the room and she can't find it. Like what's that? What? I I can't find what 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 is that smell? I, I feel like is, it, is that you or me? Is that you or me? Yeah. I feel like a lot of these uh she she comes out of stardom right? Yeah. I feel like a lot of these women that come out of stardom are ve- like like they're they play into the role. It's like they've had a little bit of acting classes. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, they're taught you know not just go out there and be like be subtle. Act with your face. Exactly. You know, it's the words that you don't speak that matter. A- amen to that. It's the beats that you don't hear. Pretty good reaction from Brit. She marches to the ring straight to Bia, but Bia exits the ring. Priestley throws her jacket as at. Britt, as Aubrey Edwards rings the bell, Bia goes outside and times her offense as Britt enters the ring. Classic N64 tactics. Thez press and then hammer fists from Baker. Baker attempts a lockjaw early, but Bia gets out of it. She then strikes her head. Bia stretches Baker onto the post. Taz mentions Baker has an upper respiratory flu-like illness going into this match uh, and that working the abdomen will affect Baker's breathing. Which, you know, honestly, this match needed anything. So that was probably a good thing from Taz to mention that, I guess. Yeah. Uh, Bia builds heat on Baker via holds. Baker tries to lift Bia, but her back gives out and gets her head kicked in. Striking exchange ends with a double lariat to each other. We see Darby Alley in the crowd. He seemed thrilled. He wasn't. A uh, very awkward shoulder block from Baker as she mounts a comeback. Sling blade from Baker. Swing, swinging Fisherman's neckbreaker for a two count. Taz at this point is just not shutting up. Like... He's good, but then like it's what's clear. going on over here? Yeah, kind of, but you know? then he was up, but he was also like way more articulate than he was in TNA. Like it's clear the dude wants. Well, a he's job. he's been a, he's been a podcaster for how many years now? Like yeah. he has his podcast. I do. guess he's just like because he knows that this is his one and only spot in this event, so yeah. might as well make it count. Hey, which I I kind of respect. Yeah, yeah. Because he wasn't that bad. He was better than Jim Ross. Bia, Bia goes to the top, but is stopped by Baker. Avalanche Brainbuster from Baker tries to go for a second Amigo, but her back gives out. Bia attempts a crucifix pin for a close two count. Combination German to a shoulder capture for a two count. Double stomp to the apron from Bia. Two count again. Lots of near falls. Bia attempts a Queen's Landing. Baker gets out of it for the Panama, Panama Sunrise. She goes for the pin. Uh-oh. Guess what, Corey? Why? Two count. What? <laughs> neck, brug- neck breaker to lockjaw. Bia gets the shoulders down on Baker. Guess what, Corey? Two count. Yes. Second attempt at the lockjaw. Gets a lock. Bia taps out for the submission win. I thought I thought Priestley was a clearly a step above Baker in this match. Yeah. Um, couple awkward spots. Uh, and I thought like Bia should have won personally. I thought it was Baker's best match, but the bar has been kind of low as of late for her and i thought and it just kind of adds up to it being sort of an average match yeah yeah, yeah um bia i mean bia's a good word they're both good workers but it's clear brit's it's pretty, very clear brit's pretty green you know and yeah I don't know. it's it like i mean you heard brian alvarez say like she has wrestled less than 100 uh, matches and it kind of shows it kind of does show she's yeah. not as crisp or as confident as say as a Priestley. yeah 
we get a candlelight video on the Titantron, and then the stage goes black. We then hear a voice on the intercom saying, There are eight million ways to die. Here's one. Whoa. Yeah. What? You didn't see this. No. Yeah, because not a lot of people were talking about this afterwards, which uh, kind of surprised me. We get Brandy and Awesome Kong entering the oh, entrance okay. ramp. Oh, yeah, yeah, I heard about that. Bia is still in the ring and is beat up by Kong. By Kong. Man, who did Bia piss off? Double underhook, underhook suplex to Bia. Thanks for coming. Yeah. There's a knife involved, and then they proceed to take a piece of Bia's hair extensions to you sick fuck chance, and Brandy and Kong are oddly into it, which, eh, you know. That happened. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Um, this whole awesome Kong thing, it's it's cool, I guess. Like the, more questions than answers, and it's just going to keep. The on only being thing like this. is that is that Brandy Rhodes is playing two different characters on TV, and yes. it's fucking confusing. I agree. I agree. That's the only thing I dislike. You know, one, she's the wife of Cody Rhodes, who's like the supportive wife, and like go Cody. And she do, just she and, shouldn't be in that. It would be much more of a problem if uh, Brandy Rhodes was in. It's that Stephanie McMahon problem, you know, like you're going to get Stephanie McMahon, you know, the the, the, the Make-A-Wish, charity, philanthropy, Stephanie McMahon, and you're also going to get, you know, the well, I'm a McMahon, damn it. That's McMahon fine, because well. at least with Steph, and this is my justification for this. Oh, yeah, no, it's not as different yeah. as Brandy, Witch Doctor Brandy, Brandy and Brandy Officer. It's the same, epi- it can be the same episode, yeah. and then Brandy will be backstage with Kong and be like, I'm like, about to do some voodoo or some shit. She should have never been in that in those Cody, no, exactly. uh, Jericho vignettes. Exactly. That's or, really kind of the root of the yeah. problem. Or, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. You know, it's hard. And they're probably just overestimating the audience's willingness to separate the two yeah. without ever actually thinking through through with it. Yeah. You know, so. which kind of, you know. But then she went down, she gold. pulled out the knife, right? Or something. Yeah, they scalped Bia. They didn't really scalp. They, they just, just like got, cut, they, they just got like, a it was, it was kind of, yeah. It was uh, an extension they put on her hair and then they cut off. I would the hope extension. so because like, shit, that's a lot of commitment for just a spot in the pre-show just to cut off a piece of your hair. That's important for Bia. Anybody. Really. We get a Jim Ross entrance to the Sooners theme as we get to AEW Full Gear. He's just singing the Indiana Jones theme song. He doesn't enter. Doesn't have a fedora on. He has a cowboy hat on. Come on. Although you can see Jim Ross in like that white like button up shirt with like a fedora. My God, we're here in the desert. I gotta find some fossils. Yeah, the Sooners game was going on at the same time as AEW. Uh, Like you would think, like Jr. would be kind of just. What are you saying over there? I'm I'm, I'm looking at the score. Uh, Okay, keep going. Maybe that's why he was what he was. Anyway, leave Schreiber and narrates the intro, or somebody who sounds like. What are you doing? I thought it said insane laugh, and that's not an insane laugh. Hold on, let me just play one more time. Hold on, listen to this. That's not a laugh. That's not a laugh. That's dying. That's some. That's like the the number like. That's like the absolute most stock soundboard. I hear that all the time in television shows. Now, where was it? Leah Schreiber narrates the intro video telling us about pressure and how we strive when it happens, I guess. Bucks versus Proud and Powerful are starting the show. 30 minute time limit. Excuse me. Proud and Powerful enter to Yankees pinstripes because New York Ortiz goes into the camera and yells out, they're the best, and gets into the face of Rock and Roll Express, who are in the front row. They looked great. The Rock and Roll Express look like if they came back and like they came from the future. I'm like, Young Bucks, we need to tell you something. <laughs> like, it's like it's Terminator. You, like, you need to stop this before you ruin the world. This is what we look like now. Or something. I don't know. You're still I bet you, I bet, you hey, save your money. Matt and Nick would be super fucking thrilled if they ended up looking like those guys. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, but I mean, they, they, they look up to them. They do look exactly like each other. I mean, you know, that's just how it is. 
Oh god, Ortiz is wearing toe shoes. At this point, I just hope Proud and Powerful fucking die from this match because of that. Uh, Santana and Nick start it ruined, off. It ruined all street cred yeah, he's seriously. ever had. Santana and Nick start off, uh, but hit both of their respective opponents. Fry Takayama spots for everybody. Ruff immediately loses order. Uh, blindside spear from Matt. Tandem springboard from the Bucks. Uh, Nick throws Ortiz over the barricade. Arm drag takeover from Matt to Santana. Santana tags Ortiz to only run into an arm drag. Ortiz tags Santana's boot, but the ref denies it to booze. Boo. Um, Dragon screw to Nick. Camel clutch Boston crab combination to Bucks from Proud and Powerful, but gets counted out. Proud and Powerful works on Nick's leg. Sentons and diving splash to Nick. Ortiz rakes the back of Nick and displays his claws to the hard camera, and then scaring Rook knocks with them. I thought that was a really, really funny spot. Um... Tag to Matt, double lariat. JR continues to get confused by the fast action. I don't blame him, honestly. What's going on, damn it? Matt dives over the post to Ortiz, then elbow drops to Santana for two count. Kamagiri for diving stomp to Santana. Nick tries to kick Ortiz onto the post, but misses, and Ortiz yells out to the camera, ah, I'm a genius! Ortiz was great throughout this entire uh, he was a I love Ortiz. Um, he's, the, he, he, he's, the, he's the one who, yeah, he's the one with the... And corn. I feel like he dyes his teeth yellow or he just doesn't get them cleaned for his character. It's because he's nasty. He's yeah. not a nasty boy, but... Oh, God, can you imagine? You nasty. Uh, Santana throws Matt into the Rock and Roll Express and then spit on them. They help Matt back onto the outside. Basement dropkick to Nick before he could make a comeback. They continue to work on Nick's leg. Nick eventually lands a super kick as Ortiz comically sells it like a dead fish. Like, I thought that was really funny, but I can definitely see some people get really pissed off about that, too. <laughs> yeah. Uh, tags to Matt. Northern Lights suplex twice to Santana, twice to both members for a two count. Enziguri powerbomb combination to Santana. Risky business on Santana for a two count. Cutter to Matt from Santana. Tope Suicida from Ortiz to Nick. Santana tries to pin Matt for a two count. 15 minutes has passed at this point. 15 minutes. Matt counters a street sweeper attempt uh, and attempts an inside cradle two count. Super kick. Ortiz puts his teeth to the ropes to help himself up, which I thought looked really good. And it looked even better when the bu- both Bucks kicks his head off off of that rope. Santana moonsaults himself to another super kick. Salida del Sol like move to Ortiz for a two count. Meltzer driver setup. Nick's leg gives out. Yeah. Uh, Proud and Proudful knocks Matt back into the corner, tags Nick as he sells the leg. Nick spits his gum at Santana. Santana well, picks it up. It like stuck on his chest, right? No, went to the, it got like a little bit on his chest and then went to the floor. Uh, he abided by the five-second rule, and granted, they're only the second match in, so the ring is less dirty. Huh. So he puts the gum right back into his own mouth. Ew. That's nasty. Kick flurries from Nick. Rising knee strike to Santana. Ortiz tries to pin Nick, but Matt pushes Ortiz onto the San- onto Santana to stop the count. And then we get a street sweeper for the pin. Kind of out of nowhere, honestly. Young Bucks lose again. Gets post gets beat down post-match as Sammy Guevara flogs it all. What'd you think? I Well, I knew the Bucks were going to lose. I talked about it on our pre-show. Um, no, I just I thought it was a good I thought it was a good match. I thought uh, it was a fantastic match. It, it was one of those situations where I felt as, uh, proud and powerful had to win. Yeah, um, everyone's saying oh the Bucks need to win, but the Bucks they're not building a tag division around them <sighs> as much as like. But then they they are the stars. They, they are the reason it. why people. I know, I know. They're it's just that they're. I have my opinion is that they have been in a lot more of a giving mood than they're giving themselves credit for. Um, I think people want to because people want to go see an AEW show to see what they think 
are the best of the young bucks. You know, that's what they yeah. they were the main they were the main selling point. They were among the main selling point to like a lot of people who are interested in this promotion. Like, oh, the young bucks on national television. But you're still going to get to see that. You're still going to see the great moves, their great athleticism, and great matches. But right now, they've just been in a losing streak. And the thing is, like, it's because that's, they yeah. want to grow the division. They want everybody else to shine right now to say, holy that's shit, fine. these guys beat the Young Bucks. It brings everybody else up to that level. And that's fine. It's just that the Young Bucks, they, there are ways to do that without them themselves losing a bunch of times, you know? Yeah, but I think it's harder that way. I think it's hard to do it that I think they're trying to do it the quick but way. Then there's a, but the tag team is already, like, the tag division already is already as stacked as it is. And I think there's enough room for the Young Bucks to have at least a winning record, you know, to their name. Yeah. Instead of just, like, constantly losing. Because that, that will wear off, dude. That's just not... it's That has a shelf life, and I hope they do know that. And they probably yeah, no, do. They, they do. They do. Uh, but otherwise, I thought it was... Otherwise, I thought it was a really great match. And, of course... And, yes, I do agree that Santana Ortiz needed, like... They... they, they a win would have helped them in my opinion yes and yeah. legitimizes them and establishes them as like a serious tag team i just think there are ways around that instead of just the bucks losing yeah uh sammy whips out a sock yeah. filled with baseballs but rock and roll hey, wait, how do you know it was baseballs that's what because the, the that's, what, that's what jim ross how said. do you know how you know baseballs in it because that's like excalibur look at it dude also like i have faith that excalibur knows because like he probably has been around the block several times knowing what these what they do you yes. know I've heard quarters before too. Yeah. Oh. Uh, Sammy whips out a sock filled with baseballs, but Rock and Roll Express, that. Express, and as the crowd dies down, Ricky fucking Morton goes to the ring and does a Canadian destroyer on Santana and suicide dives to the rest of the inner circle members. Well, I mean, there was kind of like a, a like a sequence that they went after. The, they took out Nick Jackson. Matt Jackson was trying to fight on the outside. They brought. Um, yeah. One of them came in. Yeah, I just did. He who you. I did the rope thing, yeah, you know. Yeah, now we all, we, the, no, I'm, I'm just saying. I'm just saying all the things that everybody remembers. Mm -hmm. uh, so Bucks get the heat back. Um, I think this crowd was ready for a young Bucks win, uh, but otherwise it was a fantastic match because Ortiz is an outright treasure. Some might say he's the best. Yeah, it's cool. It's cool. Yeah. Uh, right after that, Jim Ross is running down the card, and it's at this point where he was clearly stumbling his words, and I thought it brought down that very second. Oh, I did that all night, dude. Yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah. No, that's when you start realizing, like, oh, wait, Jim Ross what, what, is what, super what, off. What tonight. was the next? What was the next match? I'll, I mean, do you want me to? Yeah. Was it we could, no, we oh, could just man. go straight to it right now. Hangman Adam Page versus the bastard. He's a bastard, dude. Like honestly, if we're gonna use that soundboard, I we know, need to I get. Know. We need I to need, get I need like a whole day of just making new uh, sound yeah. effects. He is a bastard. Yeah. I, I love saying that so much. I know, bastard back. Hangman immediately strikes Pack into the corner and throws him to the outside and rams Pack into the barricade. If you want. I'm just going to say, man, if you want to meet Pack, buy those front row seats. Uh, Cowboy yeah. shit chance. N64 strategy of attacking an, attacking an opponent as soon as they enter the ring. Pack uses it effectively. Tope suicide. Were you page. playing N64 the other day? I'm something? just making sure that like people know. We're no, okay. I'm just making sure because I felt like it's, it's, a, it's a video game wrestling strategy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tope suicida from page. Rebound lariat from the corner from page. Pump handle deadlift to Pac for a two count. Slingshot kicks from Pac to page. Pac builds heat on page focusing on the head. Pack misses a phoenix splash. Lariats from page. More cowboy shit chance. Pump kick from Pack. Spine Buster from Page. Page slams Pack into the apron. Spine first. Urahara Moonsault from Page. High boot to a two count. Page sets a bookshot lariat. 
but Pack avoids it by exiting the ring. Pack Possum's page with a oh man, try saying that three times. Pack Possum's page. Pack Possum page. Not possum page. <laughs> with a toe kick, following a brainbuster into the chair. Pack then signals the ref to to count as he gets to the ring. Page barely makes a save, and we see scratches all over his back. And it won't be the last time we see that. Page walks into a missile drop kick for a two count. Pack kicks a knee. A, wait. Pack kicks a kneel, kneeled down i don't know why i wrote kneeled down kneel down page but page asks for more pack attempts a black arrow to a brutalizer but page pushes him to set up an avalanche blockbuster rebound german from pack pop-up powerbomb from page page sets up the dead eye but transitions to a brutalizer as page is slowly dropping but falls into the ropes Pack misses the black arrow and sets up the buckshot, but misses. Pack then gets close to the ref and almost repeats the low blow spot from the first episode of Dynamite. <laughs> but just like Pete Dunne and um, Damien Priest, yeah. Paige learns from it and stops it. Series of forearms falling with a dead eye for the pin and win. Great match. Did not expect Pack to win this at all. In fact, I think Pack should have won this again. But I guess they didn't want more baby faces to lose throughout this match. And I, but I thought overall, I thought the match was actually pretty great. It did suffer a little bit from a less energized crowd. Uh, that's what I kind of noticed out of like probably throughout this entire pay per view. Yeah. But then this one was a this match in particular, and the Riho Sakura match was just. Quiet. They were actually just brought the, the energy, lack of energy from the crowd was brought down by those. Yeah, no, it was exactly like that. Um, yeah, what'd you think of that match? Uh, well, was this Pac and Hangman? Yeah, I didn't watch it. Remember? Oh, but you, I thought you said you only saw like ninety. So you picked and choosed? I no, I had streaming problems for this. One. Oh, I, I bought the pay per view, and you know, I don't know. Just, yeah, you should ask for your money back. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Anyways, let's continue. <laughs> I I didn't see the match. Yeah, it's um. It's unfortunate, but hey, not a lot of buzz. Okay, like since we're like almost hang, a day ahead, a day removed from it, not a lot of buzz coming off from it. But I thought it, like these guys have really good chemistry. Like I could see these guys <laughs> if, if they do an, if they run it again. Uh, Page, okay, which is surprising. Um, Page and Jericho. Then there you go. I mean, I don't want to see that again. But then I don't. That's that's kind of the interesting part. Oh, yeah. we'll get there. Honestly, just over the overall picture of AEW yeah. as a whole after this. Oh uh, yeah. Joey Janela versus Sean Spears. Sean Spears enters to, I can't believe I wrote this down, crickets, get it ready, but gets a reaction as soon as Tully Blanchard appears. Spears counters a dive from Janela to the outside with a side slam to the ground. Oh, also the buildup to this match, uh, Janela got beat up by uh, uh, Sean Spears in an on episode being of, the elite or no, something. on an episode of Dark, and so that's just how it is. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah. Yeah, that gets on the show. And, and that damn toll is at ringside. And yet Bia Priestley and uh, Britt Baker are not on the pre-show. But the, on the damn toll, well, toll it was there. Rest holds on Joey and is then thrown to the apron, landing back first. Spears ties the turnbuckle rope to Janelle's hair. And then Janela actually tears his hair out of it, which, my goodness, man. Yeah. Like, this is just, this is a match with Sean Spears, all right? And now you know, like, now I was watching, and I was like, oh, now I see why people, like, wet their hair in WWE. You know what I mean? Because it gets caught up in things like that. Like somebody could have easily just No, pulled. you just look tougher. Well, that's true too. I mean Or just don't have long guy hair. Dripping, not every, not guy dripping in water just yeah. looks so tough. Janela runs into a sharpshooter, flipping Senton off the top from Janela. Spears does a backbreaker to the top turnbuckle to Janela. And then Spears removes the turnbuckle pad to distract Earl Hebner and so he can set up a pile driver with the assistance from Tully on the Damn outside. Damn Tully. He just like he just has like a two centimeter leap from the 
from the stairs. Damn, it's like probably the most physical Tully Blanchard has been doing since uh, the, since the Michael Michaels album. With match. a damn spike in uh, tombstone to the out, pile drive, whatever it is, to the outside. Amy? Amy Sakura? No. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, he brings Joey back to God the ring. damn it. Sets up the C4. Uh, yeah, he was really mad about that. <laughs> sets up the C4 for the pin and the win. This was a match and it, this was, this was, by all intents and purposes, this was a bathroom break, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. You know, there's not much to say about it, but yeah, Sean Spears, he gets a win because I guess he needs it. I don't, I don't necessarily agree. I think it was not that bad. Like they're a bathroom break. Yeah. I thought you like, you just described, oh, this match was the shit. It's time to flush no. it down. I usually love Joey Janela. I wasn't into this match though. Um, I don't think it, like it probably wasn't designed to be that way. And I just don't think a, I don't think AEW should be in the business of formatting their shows like that. Uh, yeah. Anyway, Kip Sabian interview. Uh, he's a dick to Golden Boy, in which, yeah, hold on. Golden Boy was not on the call in this show throughout, and I think he was sorely needed. Like, that's just one thing I noticed. I guess they just wanted to keep it at two, two-man two booth, but then I think from what to, from to learn, because I feel like AEW is constantly learning from whatever they're doing, is that they need to keep it at three. I think two-man two men commentary booth is just not going to work out wow. for, for who they have right now. And cut to like a year ago when we're talking about WWE, though. It's like, oh, it's three-man commentary I think booth. it's mostly just because that's, of who they that's have. what WWE just... That's, they condition the audience to not like three people commentary booths. Yeah. And like they just feel like if WWE is doing it, it must be the only way, right? Yeah. But yeah. I mean, that was kind of just a takeaway from that. But anyway... And it, nonetheless, Kip Sabian interview. He's addicted to Golden Boy and talks about alliances and introduces his partner, Penelope Ford. We're what? getting another cook storyline, Corey. What? Really? Let's go. Wait, yeah. Penelope Ford's not with Joey Janela, though. Anymore. She wasn't even with him in the show, though. But then she, there was a period where Penelope Ford is, was okay, so partnered when, with Joey Janela. When AEW first Did you started. not watch All In? I watched All In, and this yeah. is what I'm about to talk about right now. Uh, when AEW kind of first started with All In, which isn't an AEW event, we have to like remember that. Oh, come on. Man. It wasn't, technically. It was the, the birth of AEW. Um, AEW technically wasn't a thing at the time. Um, yeah, uh, Joey Janela and Penelope Ford were together because they were together on the indie scenes. But ever since AEW Dynamite has started, ever since All Out, ever since Fighter Fest, f- Fight for the Fallen, whatever, they have not come out together. They don't call her the bad girl anymore. Um, you know, she doesn't, she's not with, uh, Joey Janela right now. Maybe they'll build them to each other. Like eventually, like build it to eventually them coming together. But that's the thing though. Like, and her, AEW has, Sabian, AEW, uh, the bad boy. (laughs) They, sometimes they wish they have the audience. They have an audience who just only know, who only knows about stuff at the surface level, but then. That's just not, I feel like that's just not who they have now. That's not who, that's just not who they're catering, their very existence is not catering towards. They have to remember that they're bringing back a lot of people that want to watch wrestling, that watched wrestling a long time ago, that haven't watched wrestling in a long time. But then their built-in audience are the people who are just deep within the trenches of it. Yeah. Who are just super, just, who watched wrestling to a point where they just are not satisfied by whatever WWE is fulfilling them. Us marks. Well, yeah. It's just... That's just how that's just how it is, and I think oh, the more AEW is cognizant of who exactly they're catering toward, catering towards a more singular identity instead of just trying to fa- please everybody. Because when you try to please everybody, no one's happy. That's just the thing, yeah. and we'll get there when I. <clears throat> that's just a recurring theme, you know, linear storytelling. Who needs it? Yes, you tell them. 
Triple Threat Tag Match. Private Party versus Lucha Bros versus Tag Champions. I really like this match. SCU. Let's, let me tell you about it. Now. Quinn and Kaz start things off. Wrist lock chain wrestling to a stalemate. Phoenix tags Quinn out, knocks Nick Kaz back, and kicks him on the side of the head, then follows up with a kick to Scorpio. That's just how it was written. Uh, Private Party then interferes to a brawl. Stereo super kick to both of them from the Lucha Brothers. Very rough spot of a Hurricane Rana to the boot from Phoenix to Kaz, missing Penta's boot completely. Uh... Cass tags to Isaiah Cassidy, kicks Phoenix. Facebuster to Pentagon, tags Quinn for the Say Cheese. Doomsday dropkick from the Lucha Bros to Quinn. Again, just like every, just like a lot of the tag matches here, a ton of moves. Gorilla Press to super kick to Cassidy. Monkey Flip to Cannonball, sent on to Quinn. Backstabber from Pentagon. Kaz throws Cassidy to the ramp. Quinn reverses a package pile driver into an elevated dropkick. Text Scorpio Sky. Double stomps to Phoenix. Springboard cutter to a Dragon Sleeper. Camel Clutch style. Cassidy tries to go for the break, but is intercepted by Kaz. Lucha Bros kicks everyone. Kaz does a pullover Rana to the floor to a tepid reaction. Quinn does a Fosbury flop to a barely bigger reaction. Scorpio Sky goes for a tope, but is kicked by Phoenix, which I thought looked incredible. Yeah. Uh, because Phoenix is incredible. Cassidy does a tour. tour I said Google Docs uh, autocorrected this to a tortilla <laughs> when it should be a torneo. Wow. That fucking racist Google Docs, especially when you're talking about the Lucha Brothers, man. Jesus. On everyone, thus leaves Phoenix doing an amazing mid-rope rebound or Phoenix splash to everyone to the biggest reaction, and rightfully so, because it looked fucking incredible. Yeah. Springboard crossbody from Phoenix to Scorpio Sky. Phoenix again, proving he is the best performer of the company. Kaz does an assisted elevated DDT to Phoenix, flipping... Slice bread combination to Cass to a shooting star from Quen for a near fall. Private Party sets up a gin and juice, but Scorpio stops Cassidy from completing it, and Cass sets up the SCU later for the pin and win. SCU. You like the match? It was it was a good match. Uh, it was back and forth. It um, was okay. It honestly. really. I thought it brought Private Party up to a higher level. I mean, it's first off, I don't know why this match had to happen. Though. I mean, because they wanted tag, they, they wanted a title have, match. They, could they have needed had another they had. tag team challenge the SC, the SCU for the. Um, because honestly, like it would so cal insensitive. But the they thing need is, challenge another team. They were kind of because, like, due to the way of how SCU was booked to win the tag tournament, you didn't want to leave out. You needed to get the Lucha Bros on the card. But then you also didn't not you didn't want your third place winners to get a tag title shot right af, right off the tag team tournament. I, I could have been anybody else. I would have rather anybody else. I mean, face SCU. But then, like, uh, it could have been anybody else. But then, would you just have the- Havoc and Janelle or Havoc and uh, Darby Allen? You know what I mean? Some- now we're just now we're just going into the trap of just throwing teams together, and I think that's not what AEW is. Michael Vergara and Jose Osegueda versus SCU. I'll be the Chris no, Daniels. Jose, and, yeah. <sighs> but yeah, post match beatdown from Lucha Bros, but is then stopped by a fake Pentagon, but is then revealed to be Christopher Daniels. I thought this was a weird, weird, weird segment. Uh, well, because everyone's like, who is it? What's going on? What? And it's like, there oh, was no point. Oh, there yeah. was ze- no point to Christopher Daniels dressing up like Pentagon. After, after the match. And, yeah. it, and this is the second time it's happened that someone's come out dressed like Pentagon. Chris Jericho yeah, did yeah. it, you know, but I know well, it was no, a, but it was an all in. I thought that didn't count, Corey. Jericho, and then you're was it all in or all out? It was on all in. All right, you stupid son of a bitch. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, yeah, I thought that was a dumb segment, but then it's SCU and everything they do is dumb, so it's kind of on brand. I like SCU. I like I like SCU. Yeah, they're not my. Fa- they're the Foo Fighters of tag team wrestling. 
Everybody, it's it, they're good, but it's nobody's favorite. I, I mean, I, well, Foo Fighters are they were my favorite at one point. Well, then that's just you, man. They had that song, uh, the, the best, best the, the best. best. Yeah, Ortiz, you. Santana, Ortiz. They 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 know. Amy Sakura versus AEW Women's Champion Riho for the AEW Women's Champion. Oh yeah, not a lot of buildup got leading into this match from Dynamite. Like they had a video package telling the story of Emi Sakura being Riho's trainer, which you would think they should have dedicated time on Dynamite to build up more. Honestly, uh, first off, I want to say thank you to the person that listened to this show and reported to AEW and fucking at least gave me some more explanation on M- Amy Emi Sakura. It's it's Emi Sakura, right? It's no Amy Amy Amy. God damn it! It was it's Emmy. It's Emmy Sakura. Okay. Um, like the Emmy, they're really trying to explain more about the whole Freddie Mercury thing. Thank you. They talked tried. about that the other day. Like, they why, why does she wear a mustache? <laughs> well, she likes Freddie Mercury, it's, and uh, but then I just don't think I was not into it. It's still dumb. It's dumb, and it's just and like, I was saying it the other day. It throws dumb. off the dynamics of the, what this match should be, which is Emmy's the heel, yet she's being like this. She's being a heel, yet she dresses up as something as as a beloved figure, and uh, you're just kind of just throwing everybody out of a loop here. Giants hired a general manager. Oh, great! They put, good. Sorry. Sorry, I just saw that. Anyways, keep going. Hey, uh, Emmy Sakura versus Riho for the AEW Women's Champion. Yeah, as Caliber says, Riho and Emmy Sakura has shared the ring two hundred and thirty-six times. That's a lot I, of wrestling. I, I do. That's love, a lot of wrestling. I do love how they said that. And but like, then he broke down like, oh, blah blah blah, singles, blah blah blah, as a tag yeah, team, yeah. And blah blah blah. But then blah, it, blah, I blah. just love how he says, "Will Will Riho finally overcome her mental?" I'm like, well, if she's wrestled her 236 times, I'm sure she's won. But at then least there's. Once. Sp- but then the what what Excalibur says is that the the times they have wrestled is split down the middle. Oh, so this is like the the de- the fucking deal breaker right here. Mm-hmm. The tiebreaker, to- that's what it is. Hair toss from Emmy to Riho, rebound drop kicks to both ladies, diving cross body press from Emmy to Riho, sending her to the outside. Riho double stamps Emmy into the apron as Emmy is dangling from the top rope. Good lord! Yeah, a double knee strikes to the back of Emmy's head, two count, and then into a single leg crab, which Excalibur makes it to point is Riho's special. You know, it's a it's they say it's one of the first holds that Joshi women wrestlers learn how the, to the Riho do. special. No, the single leg crab. Oh, OK. Romero special from blah, Romero special from Emmy as she rolls around the ring. Let's go. Riho chance start. It's about time they woke the fuck up. Drop toe hold from Riho to set up a tiger faint kick to a diving crossbody for a two count. A really great tilt a world backbreaker tilt a war tilt a world backbreaker to a Vader stomp to a Vader elbow drop from Emmy to Ray Riho for a two count. Again, very impressive. Jared constantly calls Emmy Amy Emmy. Yeah, that's when he does that. Amy, Amy, God damn it. Double stomps from Riho. We're striking exchange. Casadora to another double stomp to a Northern Light suplex to a two count from Riho. Just a minute. Just describing these things again just goes to show how like how much of a performer Riho really is. Uh, Emmy grabs Riho's leg. Backdrop driver as Riho lands on her fucking neck. Double underhook to a torture rack drop for a two count as Riho puts her legs onto the rope. And then a very fast sequence as they try to pin each other, ending with a crucifix pin combination from Riho to retain the title. Very good match. Possibly Riho's best match, which shouldn't be a surprise. Which shouldn't be a surprise. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Which shouldn't be a surprise since considering they have shared the ring 236 times. But easily, like, probably AEW's AEW women's best match 
in the company's existence, honestly. It's at its peak. Yeah. That match was at was its peak. I can't think of any match. Nowhere to go but up. This. Yeah. Nowhere to yeah. go but up. Um, what did you think of this match? It was it was all right. I was, what? I wasn't I wasn't a fan of it. Really? Yeah. What yeah. did you What did you not? I'm like not about a it? fan of Riho. Is it because she's not convincing enough? But look how she's booked, though. Like, look how like I just the, don't think she has any energy. Like, what? I feel like she just comes out. What? And she's just like she has hey. the most energy. I, she's like, hey, what's up, Riho? I have a match. But then, like, but I think, but I think the way that she's been kind of booked lately has been very smart. Like, it's, it's, it's she throws all of her at you, you know, and that's enough to put anybody down, right? Yeah. Well, so yeah, you know, she does the double stomps. She does these, she does these like out of nowhere, like crucifix pins, or just tries to. She's very resourceful, and I really like that in a, in a women's, not in a women's performer, in any performer. And so I just think that element kind of brings a level of a certain excitement to me that I don't normally get out of, you know, a lot of women's matches in general. There you go. Yeah. It's no Sasha Banks and Charlotte. I'll say that. Okay. I mean, that's your standard for women's wrestling in uh, in general? No, it's Bailey Sasha at NXT Brooklyn. I mean, yeah, that was a really good match. Okay. Cody Rhodes. Yeah. Chris Jericho for the AEW World Championship. It just the, the fucking everything just exploded. It was just we got yeah. so excited over here. But before we get that, we get our three judges. Not come on, man. We got <laughs> Judge number one. Not sequel play, but Dean Malenko, Uncle Arn Anderson, and the great fucking Muda. They seemed thrilled. Also, fuck this crowd. They didn't respond a single iota for these three judges. Well, it was kind they of, need to show some. Th- there was God there was. There also, they weren't presented really that well. Like, exactly. They were still. St- they they did not stand up. They were just still sitting down. Like, yeah, nope. Yeah, 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 yeah. I know. Cody Rhodes has a totally not Triple H King of the fucking Universe entrance because of course it is. MJF is at his ringside. What could possibly go wrong? Jericho enters with Jake Hager. Again, what could possibly go wrong? Crowd sings along to both songs because who could blame them? They're both fucking bangers. Because what could possibly go wrong? Again, yeah. Justin Roberts calls Cody a grandson of a plumber and a father of a husky. He calls Jericho the history maker, the universe changer, and the pain maker, the alpha le champion, Chris Jericho. Collar and elbow tie-up, shoulder tackle by Jericho to various chops, rising right hand from Cody. Jericho stares down Malenko and then all the judges. Slower pace than usual, nothing bad, but, you know, it's all a build-up. It's a very old-fashioned way of... Uh, and Aubrey Edwards, Aubrey Edwards is the reference match, too. Yes, 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 yes. Tope Suicida from Cody. Excalibur makes it a point that it's like, on the side of the judges, so it has to be intentional. I kind of liked that. Aubrey Edwards is a senior official, right? Senior official? Is the senior official, right? I mean, like, she's the ref. Well, who's, like, the head ref? Like, Earl Hebner was the senior official, remember? I mean, it doesn't really matter, dude. Oh, yes, it does. If it doesn't matter, then why are we here? <laughs> Cody works the right elbow, hoping it affects the Judas effects, and MJF yells at Chris, saying, Do the Judas effect now! Power slam from Cody to a two count. Cody tries to dive to Jericho onto the elevated ramp, but Jericho avoids him as Cody lands headfirst into the ramp. That was not that, planned. That was not planned. No, it was, I think it was planned. I think, I think it, was, it was just, no, I think it was planned because he needed to find a way to get blood just to get to get color from this match. I just think there were the better juice. ways to do it. I don't think juice was needed in this match. Uh, I know juice Robinson was very unnecessary. You know what I mean? Um, but I honestly, I think right before the lights out unsanctioned match, this did match did not need blood. Um, 
It's just cutting. Honestly, it's just Cody. Like he knows. He's like, I have platinum hair, dude. It's gonna happen. Yes. Come on. Yeah, he has bleached. Is that's that's kind of I the just cardinal. bleached my hair. But here's the thing, though. Like we joke about it, but then that's kind of what the point is of why he's having that. He has that hair, not only just you know to pay tribute to his dad, but then like that's kind of the reason why Dusty had the hair like that because blood looks fucking badass when you have that hair. It's just a great combination, and I do agree. But but in the contrast, there are better fucking ways to, you know, open yourself instead of hard way into a ramp. That's just Concussion City yeah, just right get there. Brock Lesnar. Um, but you didn't mention who was ringside for Cody. MJF. No, who that. was ringside. Oh, his mom? His mom was ringside. No. Oh, yeah, no, I have something to say about yeah. his mom. Again, ain't a big Cody match unless he starts bleeding. He's clearly trying to get Muda points also. <laughs> you know, it's like you see great Muda. He's just like, oh, yeah. Blood? Okay. I like that. Okay, I like nice. that. It's more in his favor. Uh, the cut on Cody looks straight out of Nate Diaz. That Nate Diaz fight because the blood is just spewing. We, I just thought we were gonna get. We, oh, whoa, we're gonna get a doctor stoppage here. Cody gets a cut looked at by the physician and is cleared to continue. Of course, Jericho is then pivoting to a doctor stoppage. Ref is distracted by Jericho as Hager attacks Cody. Cody gets a short comeback but gets a kitchen sink from Jericho. Cody attempts a moonsault to standing Jericho but he avoids it. He continues on Cody from Jericho with a series of holds and kicks. And holds and kicks, and then he does the ask him. Ask him, I, yeah. which I always love. Yeah. Jericho does a lion salt, but Cody gets his knees up and sets up an os cutter for a two count. Action goes to the outside as Jericho lifts Cody and rams him onto the post. And then Jericho stares down Cody's mom. And Cody slaps Jericho, and we get the DQ finish. Oh my god! No, Cody doesn't. Cody doesn't slap Jericho. Cody's mom slaps Jericho. I'm sorry, Cody's mom. And we get the DQ finish. Yeah. I don't, I don't, I, nope. Of course not. It's it's fucking aid. Dude, okay. No, no, no. Here's the thing. Again, I get it. I get. I get their justification because they don't want to just. They don't want to stop the match just because of this. If, of course. Of course. Of course. If um, it's this, it's the same thing with New Japan Pro Wrestling. Uh, the re- it's under the ref's discretion, and especially with what was on the line. If for Cody, yeah, we don't want to end it like this, DQ'd like yeah. that. You know, a lot of people get really up in arms over that, but then I just, I don't, I normally just don't. What? Like I, like oh wait, like okay, if we, like if the, the this ref is just too, like we need to have rules. Well, and blah, blah, blah. the thing is, is that with I think AEWs that there's a lot of times where like the ref is just looking right at him, but then there's other times where they pull the ref away. So it's like, what is it? Do they need to pull the ref I away? Think, or? Honestly, I just feel like they're just conditioning the audience. Yeah. Like you know, it's like in between. It's like half WWE. I'm just and less half of a stickler. New Japan. I'm just less of a stickler about yeah. it. I, yeah. I understand why people really are about it. Get really up in arms about you know rules and everything because you do want consistent storytelling. It's just, it's you know. I feel it. Yeah. Just, Lay loose, man. Lay loose. Alabama slam from Cody and then a figure four. I start to notice that the people in the hard cam are fucking catatonic over this. Like, you, they're just sitting. Like, I saw some people just looking at their phones and stuff. Like, yeah, I mean, hopefully they just get like an emergency text message. But then, like, there's a fucking wrestling show going on. Never go back to Baltimore. <laughs> I just, I don't know why. Oh, I know why. Jericho reverses the hold as he gets closer to Hager and hits Cody. Aubrey does the, you're out of here to what? Hager. I always love that. It always, it, if anything, that woke up the crowd and, you know, good on Aubrey mm-hmm. to do that. Mm-hmm. And then and then MJF just like, oh, oh da, 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 hey, hey. And then he gets, and then he gets attacked by Hager, which did not do MJF any favors. Jericho uses all his strength to hit Cody with the belt as Jericho throws the title away and pins Cody for two count cody versus the judith's effect into a crossroads into a two count which i thought looked really great huge reaction as well <laughs> yeah. striking exchange cody does the dusty bionic elbow for another two count to a shot of cody's mom who knew it wasn't enough like she just i swear i feel like cody's mom is going to be the new helen hart is cube is 
is she Cuban? Is they say that that small Cuban woman? I thought they said that. Uh, at I one didn't point. hear that. I okay. don't remember that. I okay, just, I like, misheard something. Then. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Cody does a disaster kick, but Jericho counters with a no. He tries to go for a disaster kick, but Jericho counters with a code breaker. Jericho takes a weightlifter's belt off and whips Cody to a no DQ call. Now this. Okay, maybe. That was a little much. That was a little much. But then again, Aubrey takes the belt away. Because if Jericho's DQ'd, then uh, Cody wins. He could still challenge for the, you know, like the ref could have called. You know, if I was Aubrey, I would have told Cody, okay, listen, you're getting whipped by by the weightlifting belt. Jericho's using the weightlifting belt. Take off your weightlifting belt. Let's just have at it. Fuck it. And then Hogan comes out with his weightlifting belt. Oh, no. Jericho's done sitting on the top. Cody attempts a Hurricane Rana, but is countered with a lion tamer, old-fashioned style, in the middle of the ring. Cody makes the ropes. Jericho stares down Aubrey. Jericho pushes Aubrey. Cody, and then with that, Cody attempts a cradle for a two. Jericho does another lion tamer and fully tokes Cody's body. Didn't the and first then, lion tamer, though, seem like a little bit more of like the walls of Jericho? Because the lion tamer, he has to have like the knee into the back, right? It's- no, no, I'm just... It's whatever, man. Yeah, yeah, that's what they were calling it. And the second one... They this did was, one was, was the lion tamer. Yeah, for sure. The second one was, yeah. And then we see MJF. He's at the corner, hard cam. Everyone's booing. With a white towel, and I feel like everybody knew what was Well, happening. you hear everyone booing at first. You're like, what's going on? It's like, oh, we're getting this. Yeah. And I knew it. God damn it. MJF throws a towel for the victory for Jericho. That that He had that, um, that lion tamer in hard, though, on Cody. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah, no. I thought... I thought it looked great, and I think Cody made it look great. Like, honestly, if they would have lifted Cody's hand, he probably would have just, you know, been KO'd. But MJF threw in the towel. Because there's a reason for it, So especially for the post-match. In this in this oh, day and age, and in AEW, we'll, if you come down with someone ringside, you can make the call for that person. I guess. Again, yeah. they're sta- we're, we're learning what, as we go along. When we're conditioning ourselves to see what we see. Yeah. Because we're only just getting started with AEW. Remember that. I feel like that's what I'm just gonna say now. For every for every criticism we have for AEW, we're just getting started. Like, think about it. Yeah, but then it, before it was like, well, we'll see what they got. You know, I'm not from you, but from anybody. Like, it was just. And like, I still th- and I still feel that way, dude. Like, th- we're not even a. We're only barely a month into television. Yeah. Uh, fantastic match. Uh, I thought it, an ending that brought much intrigue into heading into the weeks of television. It creates the argument that MJ. Okay, I'm clearly I clearly wrote these bullet points before the beatdown, so I'm just going to just no read them. Scan. Okay, you want me to say it? it creates the argument that MJF was in the right just as much as Cody would think he would be in the right. We get actual tears from MJF as he's kneeling, and we see Cody standing up and propping up MJF literally and figuratively. I honestly. thought I thought Cody was gonna. Uh, put uh, MJF in a crossroads. That's what I. That's what people were thinking. Yeah, and I feel like people wanted it. MJF then kicks Cody in the balls, and we have our heel in turn. The they were playing the game of Rochambeau. Uh, as he walks into the entrance ramp, uh, as a plant throws water at him. I don't think that was a plant. Dude. It was a plant, dude. No, security, it was. It was. It was actually, wor- dude. It was actually confirmed to be a plant. Oh, okay, okay. It was an indie wrestler. And okay, he was good. escorted. Good, good, good. Okay, because the fact that guy, that was so fucking perfect, and then I saw security. Like, security he was clearly grabbing. separated from everybody else and he like had the he was in position okay yeah, but cool. i it was really cool don't do cool. that don't do that if it's cool show. but then it just sets up really bad precedent for like you know them encouraging it you know well they kicked him out they i mean but then wink wink but, nudge nudge yeah wink know? wink nudge nudge they kicked him out kayfabe that character that character got thrown out for sure the guy who played the character might not have happened you know what i mean yeah. but they should do, honestly. If he's that, if that, if that plant, if that, if that plant was, if that plant was an indie wrestler, 
next week on Dynamite, MJF, you know, he just, out, yeah. he just call he sets him out. He's like, yeah, I hear you're an indie wrestler. Well, you want to wrestle me? And then just, you know, do that. But that was, uh, I, you know, again, fantastic match. Cody continues to be the best performer, has the best matches on the show. Um, whether you want to say, oh, because he may, because he's in a position to do so. But then, like, it's all in the execution. And I think Cody just so far has just been knocking it out of the park. Now, for now, for him going forward, not challenging for the title, it's uh, like in the in the unforeseen future. Like he, I, he has seemed to have really, really, you know, put his foot down on that stipulation. Yeah, no, it's he's gonna he's gonna it's gonna be fine. It's wrestling. It's wrestling. It's wrestling. Something's gonna happen. Okay, the fact that he was screwed out of this, everyone's gonna want him to challenge for the title again. Everybody wants him to desperately get that. Nobody's gonna be like, dude, that's fucked up. Like you booked this in a way that you can do. You're gonna have Leave Schreiber narrating the the, the pay per view heading into the Cody title match. We back down on promises. And sometimes the the best promises are the ones that we are willing to break. You know, and break, it's just break. it's um, they're gonna find a way. Yeah, him, I can him versus it. MJF. If he beats MJF, he fucking. I'll respect. Hey, honestly, I'll respect it. If I'll respect if they respect it. Like big ups if like Cody really does not ever challenge for the title, but he's not really. He's nobody's really sold on it yet. No, yeah, and I feel like the, it, it takes time. Yeah, it takes time for that sort of stipulation to really yeah. go through because if you back down on that stipulation too soon, you're just like, oh, then you're just straight up lying to us. You or know? what if he, what if he legit is like, fuck it, I want to be in tag division with my brother. Yeah, I like Sunny Kiss and Dustin better though. They make a better team. Well, we'll see how that goes. And that was the end of the show because let's turn off the lights right now. What the fuck is that, dude? Honestly, I feel like you need to like really just review your soundboards and all. Just get, just make your, make another folder and just like curate all the ones that you know is exactly what you wanted. That or just don't have a soundboard at all. We're sorry, your call cannot be completed. I swear to God, Corey, (laughs) that's the most outdated uh, sound effect I've heard in a while. John Moxley versus Kenny Omega, lights out match, our main event of the. Oh well, not officially unsanctioned. I swear to God, just, just seriously. Uh, despite not officially being sanctioned, we got pyro for Omega <laughs> and we got pyro for Moxley as well. But then Moxley enters through the crowd. Justin goes full Cena with Moxley's name. Hotel and, uh, Sierra. Yeah. Echo Lima Delta Moxley. Yeah, that's that's the thing. Whenever I like doing the Gian thing, but then like midway, midway through the Gian, I just understand how obnoxious it sounds. So sorry, listener. Uh, I will never do it again until the next one. Bowling shoe ugly slobber knocker phrases from JR to describe the match that hasn't even started yet. Black hole from Mox. Like they just straight up just go at it from each other all the goddamn time. Yeah. Um, and then Moxley just straight up just says it's time for some fucking garbage, which is a very evocative of what this match turns out to become. As he brings a garbage pail and bin, Omega jumps over the barricade and lands the knee to Moxley. Omega continues to hit Mox with chairs, throws beers into Moxley as they spill onto the outside. Omega does a diving foot stomp through a trash can to Moxley. Kenny is pissed. Omega Doug goes for a backflip off a barricade, but is pushed by Moxley. Moxley gets the barbed wire bat early and teases a swing. And after a couple of teases, eventually lands it on Omega's back. We see punctures to Omega's back. Moxley presses his foot on the bat to Omega's back to you sick fuck. A lot of back back and bat spots. Yeah. Which uh, doesn't really read well. 
Moxley attempts to rake Omega's face with a bat, but Omega stops it. Omega attempts a German suplex on Moxley, but Moxley scrapes the arm with the bat. And then Omega hits Moxley in the head with the garbage pail. Uh, Omega gets the bat, but throws it away and decides to get a table. And then the fucking broom comes out. Ooh, not just the broom, but a barbed wire covered broom. Mm-hmm. Moxley throws the bin at Omega and attempts a suicide dive. And Omega hits Mox with a broom to the head. Moxley, Omega then fucking sweeps Moxley's back with the broom. I screamed audibly, and I thought a man will die tonight. Katara Crusher into the broom. You can't escape from Kenny while holding a trash can that had zero contact on Moxley, and it looked weird. Omega takes out a table with a bunch of mouse traps stuck to them because fuck everything. That's the first time I've ever seen that. Again, yeah. It's like they saw the first Jackass movie and says, I want to do that. <laughs> Lariat from Moxley, release suplex from Moxley to the mousetraps from Omega. Good fucking God. Moxley gets out some golden anchor chains. Sidewalk slam from Moxley into the chains. Moxley chokes Omega's mouth onto the chains. So we're off the chain. Moxley attempts a rear naked choke, but Omega hits him repeatedly with the garbage bin door. Moxley gets out an ice pick, who's clearly trying to stab Omega with it. Like, yeah, what's the end game of it? You stab Kenny Omega, and he's probably going to bleed to death, and he's dead, and we have... we, we You have committed a murder in a fucking wrestling. Congratulations. Side angle backdrop... I hope on- you're happy, John Moxley. Your Omega's mother's proud dead. of you. Side angle, side angle backdrop on the chains on Omega. Snapdragon suplex from Omega, not once but twice. Moxley bites Omega's face but runs into yet another Snapdragon. Omega gets the chain wrap, gets the chain, wraps it around at Moxley's neck and throws Moxley to the outside and hangs him, which oh. looked really, really. It's like the ending of Modern Warfare Three. It was great. Terminator Tope to Moxley onto the table. Omega gets the broken glass from the first episode of Dynamite. See storytelling, Corey, what? and runs it through Moxley's hands and fingers. God damn, dude. Sit up spine buster to the glass on Moxley for a two count because, of course, Omega drags Moxley with a sharpshooter and then Moxley drags himself through the glass to the ropes. I thought that was really cool, but god damn, dude. Um, did you follow Renee Young's Twitter account throughout mm, I mean, this just, match? Just the what you sent me. Yeah, which is pretty much just what the fuck. WTF, I hate this. What yeah. is going on? Yeah. Yeah. Omega recovers and does a V-trigger, and Moxley, Moxley drags himself into the entrance. Omega scrapes the ice, picks, ice pick into Moxley's forehead. Omega then yells out to Paige to bring it as Bucks and Paige plea Omega for some kind of sanity. The Elite then bring a barbed wire spider web as Omega sets up the one-winged spider angel. Web. One-winged angel, but Moxley reverses it into a suplex, and they spill right into the barbed wire web. Yes, exactly. You should get like a splat noise too, because I feel like that. Yeah. They get them both out of it, but Omega V triggers Moxley into the conveniently placed AEW full gear light display. And of course, that's not the finish. And somehow they go back to the ring. Paradigm shift onto the glass, but of course, a two count. Moxley then undoes the canvas of the ring, exposes the wood. Omega V triggers Moxley, reverses, but a Moxley reverses the one winged angel, but does a paradigm shift to Moxley for, you guessed it, a two count. Well, then Omega positions Moxley for a Phoenix splash and, of course, misses. No one, the, the pool is empty on that one. What'd you think? And then Excalibur, like, like actually, like, makes it a point that he tried the phoenix splash was the move that led to omega's downfall yeah. which you know who else does the phoenix splash who his ex-boyfriend kota bushi 
Like this has to lead. Somewhere. I feel like we were hanging out with like the they they made yeah, it we were like hanking out with different parts of a couple a broken up couple last night. Like you, like, were Kenny, you were with Omega. Kenny Omega's like I swear like he just doesn't answer my calls. And Abushi's talking to me. He's like I, I I tried calling him. I just yeah. don't get it. I know. And then here we are sipping our coffee. It's like you know what they said. You know what he said. Sipping our tea in the morning hmm. on a Sunday morning. Yeah, Omega positions Moxley first Phoenix splash into the wood because of course nothing is sacred and of course kicks out because yeah. And then a paradigm shift onto the wood for the pin and win. Oh my god. This goddamn match. I mean, there was a lot of blood. A lot of people said this match was super unnecessary. Like the fact that like it was just a lot of unnecessary violence for not it doesn't even count towards anything and I'll say this about Moxley and Omega. What? It was exactly what I anticipated. It was incredibly. It was two incredibly creative guys wrestling a match that only they can make the claim of wrestling the type they were in in that level of platform. Yeah, it was as dangerous and, and as violent as they were promising, and for the most delivered, and then some. I was intrigued with whatever spot these guys were going to think up next, and I also thought it moved very well, you, especially even if it was like thirty-eight minutes. That being said. I'm still standing by my sentiment that a regular match between these two would have done the show a lot more good than what we got out of them last night, knowing what they were capable of. Like it really puts a spotlight on how much Moxley missing all out sort of messed things up for them because this was clearly the blow off between these two. Oh yeah. Yeah. For sure. We got act three instead of act one and we'll only be going backwards if we do a regular match, like regular on the record books match. So thinking in that kind of mindset really sheds a light on how much this kind this was kind of a mess for everyone involved, which in some ways is kind of what they were going for, considering the nature of the match. Yeah, but I'm just I was too busy thinking of what these what these guys could have been doing instead of what they were actually doing, and that kind of like kind of decreases my excitement for really just the overall product. Uh, uh, but that was, all that the was elite lost last night, right? Uh-huh. Yeah. Well. Again, that's just, that's, I guess that's just what they want to shed themselves in a man tag and the match beyond they'll beat fucking, um, they'll for sure beat the inner circle yeah. in a four on four match, but that was all out. I mean, that was all out, all out. That was full gear. Uh, full the crowd gear. was definitely the least lively of any AEW show so far, so much to a point where I thought it negatively, negatively affected some of the matches. Yeah. It's particularly Riho Sakura and the pack hangman. Page. Well, I think the first couple, the first handful of shows, a lot, a lot of these fans are really giving too. And now you're starting to see less. And they less were only that. awake for the last two matches. Yeah. which understandably so um i thought golden boy was needed so much like there were spots that jim ross wasn't really keeping the show together as uh, like as well as he usually does on dynamite he yeah. had a number of floats what, on the what air. is that mustache they usually just don't come to expect from the man like it makes it all the more glaring i feel bad yeah i feel bad hopefully hopefully it was just a flub up from jim ross it just wasn't like off anything. day it just yeah, hopefully it was out of all the days day. though Seriously. Out of all the days, I think Bucks and Pack were the two people that needed to win that night, but for some reason didn't. Uh, I think Pack is the more. Com- I think Pack is the more complete really performer. It should have been the or, or Pride and Powerful or Powerful. What are they called again? Uh, yeah, Pride and Powerful. They should have lost in their first match though, because like, like I feel like if they're not. They're a tag team, but then they're not willing to be up in the trenches of the tag team division. And I feel like they would have been in a they would have been in the same spot had they won had they lost then if they won. And I think Bucks needed that win more. Yeah. Um, I think Pack is the more complete performer. Uh, like I should he should have been the one advancing up the pecking order rather than Page because I think him and Moxley would have sh- like would have been the direction going forward and really should be. 
Well, when you have, I, in my opinion, when you have, and it's the same thing with the Bucks and, you know, them Pride and Powerful and Pac and Hangman Page, is that you have these guys that are obviously could, should go up the ladder and should win. But when you, these other guys who, you know, who other, like when Hangman Page wins, when Pride and Powerful wins, it makes them, it makes them kind of look on par with one another. So it looks Oh, so like, what you're saying is 50-50 booking is the cure-all. No, I'm not saying 50-50 booking. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm saying, being facetious about that. But statement. I'm saying like... Um, going into it, a lot maybe a lot of people are like, who's this pride and powerful? Like I just heard of them, young bucks. Obviously, everybody knows who they proud are. Proud and powerful. Proud and powerful. Um, just say Santana Ortiz. That's such a better name. LAX. Um, they, um, you know, a lot of people are like, who are they? But now that they've beaten the Bucks, people are like, oh, these guys beating the Bucks. You know, on TV, we saw them beat the Bucks. The Bucks are good, but damn, they beat the Bucks. I just think but then makes- I, they've done that too many times. They've done that with Private Party, and I've, they've done that with like Lucha Bros. And I just well, yeah, it, the the Bucks got a bone. You know, the Bucks got to stop eventually. The God damn it, God damn it. Anyways, Cody Jericho was the match of the show for me, mostly due to a personal preference, and I thought the layout was masterfully thought yeah. out and executed. I bought every near fall, um, but I will note that I think Cody Ram- the Cody Ram spot was significantly more dangerous than anything Moxley on Omega did. Oh yeah, no, I think for I think Cody. Cody just I know it was he eight, is giving his, stitches. He is so he is so passionate, you know. He, got, he is giving his body to this work and I'm like, dude, come on, he's man. He's probably concussed. Re- wrestling's fake. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> I'm among the many that thought the MJF turn was done too soon. Uh, I thought there was more milk to fin- to this finish that they had probably thought out. The whole caveat of MGS, MJF only looking out for Cody's health, I thought brought a lot of intrigue to the story. It made a l- it made things a little less binary. Yeah, but I, get, but I guess that's just not. The I think this whole thing of of the acceleration of now Cody can't challenge for the title, like this whole storyline, should have been like it should have been months in the making yeah. rather than you know, one month. It's like one month build, right? Yeah, yeah. So it's again, <laughs> I hate to say it, but we'll see where we go from here. Overall, uh, I thought the show was a seven in the scale of thinking double or nothing was a nine. You know, a uh, crowd being quiet in the first third of the card brought an energy or lack thereof that I normally didn't feel when watching an AEW show. Yeah. Cody continues to have the best matches. Bucks are giving the people they let beat them give too much credit, as good as Santana Ortiz are. Yeah. But overall, um, would, as, as someone who spent $50 on it, was it worth the $50? I don't think any wrestling pay-per-view is worth $50 in 2019 in general. And yeah, I think, but and I and honestly, I feel like it kind of it kind of did affect my opinion upon that too. You, I want to support AEW and I want them to succeed and I want them to have the large numbers, but I just don't think they're writing. And we don't know the 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 the, the financial ends of like oh we gotta we gotta have X amount of dollars just to make a profit or something like that. I just don't. They're not reading the room right in terms of price because I don't think anybody. Well, that's, I don't know because here's the thing: is that the stats are like a lot of the times when a pay per view is more expensive. You sell more because it's more of a hot ticket item. Yeah, Talking but then they also they also have to live up to that show, right? Yeah, no, absolutely. Maybe it's just a matter of opinion. You don't that think they lived up to that? I just don't think this came off as an A show. Okay, as much as like as your double or nothings or your all outs. You know what I mean? Yeah, like it's not as it's not as much of a milestone show. Yeah. Now, if they do, I mean, and they haven't even announced their next pay per view, like, which I thought they would. Um, we'll see where they go from there. What do you think of the title picture directions for everyone involved here? 
for everybody involved. Well, yeah, like, like SCU, just the three tags. Oh, like, SCU needs, they need a completely new, they need like, they need to build up a new tag team to take these guys on. I'm Because the tag tournament is kind of like. It's done. It's done. I mean, Let Luchasaurus, it be. Lubo- Lucha, Lucha Well, Express. he's still out. He's still out. No, hurt. he's cleared. Oh, he, Luchasaurus, Luchasaurus, is cleared? Luchasaurus is cleared. Oh, then yeah, get the Lucha Express back, get them in there. Um, they need a heel tag, to build up a heel tag team though. So but I don't do you think, so you don't think SCU is heel? I'm kind of confused upon that. About that too. I've been Are SU's heels like no, they've been kind of they've no. been kind of doing shades of gray on everybody. Yeah. Um, let's see. Riho. I mean, obviously they're going to build up to eventually. Uh, awesome Britt Kong. Baker? Oh, Awesome Kong. Awesome Ugh. Kong taking the title. I'm not but looking. Forward I think to Awesome that. Kong is going to hand the title to Brandy. It's going to be like the. <laughs> it's going to be Andre the Giant, yeah. Ted DiBiase. Here you go, thing. boss. That's a really good Andre. Hey, you know, I uh, drink a lot of beer. Oh, uh, man. Let's um, cut, and let's cut to the chase. When are they going to the chase? I don't fucking. They're not going to Chase, dude. They're what? San Jose Civic? No, no, it's too small. They're going, dude. Chase. I think you underestimate like power of the Chase. I think I. I think <laughs> AEW go- can run a show at Chase. They've been going to small. I mean, Meltzer said it himself. Like, if they run a show in San Francisco, uh, they're running a show in, in the Bay Area. They're they they are going to the Chase, and I feel like the Chase is willing to let them go to the Chase. Did, when did you say that? I said it on like a Twitter tweet. Twat. The tw- <laughs> he put out a twat. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Just, uh, uh, AW full gear uh, has come and it has gone. Uh, we are post full gear they, and they uh, are, looking forward to what they got going on. On Dynamite, I thought. I honestly, I thought Moxley came off as a fucking badass. He, like he, there was that there was a post match. The post match, like he starts talking to the camera and he says, "What am I? Two o, three o, four o." And then it's like, y'all, I know what I am. And he just like freaking just does the <clears throat> middle fingers. Like he came yeah, off guys. Stone Cold. Like that guy can easily be their next Stone Cold. Nah, nah, nah. Oh, don't don't start comparing him to Stone Cold, dude. Never. He's not next Stone Cold. Stone Cold. He's, he doesn't do this. He doesn't say drink beer, do this. But and then I feel like, like but then pe- when people say that, they're not saying, oh, he should be one one. He should be exactly like Stone Cold. They're talking about the, in ways of how they handle Stone that's Cold. That's how you talk. And that's how a lot of the smart, like the smart people talk about this. You're going to say smart, Mark. I was. The, okay. You're so above I, them, huh? Yes, I am. I am always above them. No, I'm not. Um, no, it's just one of those things, you know, it's people say that it's just like they want to see because how it's not again. It's not don't do uh, like Stone Cold do exactly what Stone Cold is does do exactly what how they've handled a push like capitalize, capitalize, capitalize person got over. Let's capitalize on because everyone has their own opinion on what that means to be the next Stone Cold. Which- Have you seen that documentary of Stone Cold Steve Austin where yeah, no, the doc, the Stone Cold Steve Austin documentary, like the like, oh, the story of Stone Cold Steve Austin. All they ever said, all about Vince McMahon, everything he ever said about pushing Vince McMahon. I mean, push, well, Vince McMahon and Stone Cold was that there was just so much momentum. There's so much momentum, and that is kind of yeah. the problem going on with today with wrestling product as a whole. And I can go on twenty minutes about it, but then it's just it's just built on stalling momentum because you don't want anybody going being bigger than the company or else you're going to get a rock or you're going to get a stone. <laughs> you're going to get somebody who will bring you to new financial highs. And we just don't want that anymore. No, no, they, it's the brand. It's a, it's built on the brand, not the star, yeah, superstars. Yeah. You got to build a brand, not build the, the individual. And I think, and I, honestly, and I feel like that's built. And I think AEW has been kind of falling into that trap too, because they want to build, themselves up as a brand and like no like i feel like you got to build stars and then the brand yeah all, all elite wrestling like they want to see elite and they want to see the elite succeed 
And I, that's kind of my, that's kind of the problem with, you know, with the way they're booking Kenny Omega and Young Bucks is that they want, they want to be at the chase. They want to relive that. And I'm like, no, people know who you are because of what you've done already. Dude. And what you, what you, like on your, based on your success. And they want to see your success on a bigger stage. Yeah. But they, they, they want to recreate a story. Like, no, they want to recreate a storyline that's already been told and what they've already seen. But they can't do, you know, the young, I don't think bucks, you can do the that. young bucks being in title picture, fucking Cody being in title picture, Kenny being in title picture. Then it's just every VP stroking their own ego. You know what I mean? But I feel like that's just, I feel like that's what people I think want. The bucks, I the think bucks, that's what people want. The bucks have a plan. AEW is okay. Everything's fine. Don't worry. <laughs> it's, yeah, no, I'm not. Co- and, Cody and, and I know I come off as like, oh, this is a sinking ship. Like, no, 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 no. no it's, it's nothing like that. It's just that. Iceberg. Uh, yeah. yeah. But uh, all elite wrestling happened. And it now happened. something else that happened last night. New Japan Pro Wrestling from yeah. the San Jose Civic do, Center. Do, 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 do they play, um, do they play that weird like 80s synth and synth song? They always do. The score, of course they do. They show the rules before the show. There's a new, there's a new video they play too of Will Osprey saying, "Oh, look at this! New Japan Supercard is here." And oh, Togi Makabe says, "Cool, nice, nice." <laughs> it's, it's it played 50 times before the show started. Togi Makabe is, just does not show up enough. I know he's like a, all up in them dojo guts, but you know. Yeah, um, I felt the show was. Uh, it's one of those things like everyone was there because it was Liger's last U.S. match, and it was also a good card. Too. Tagging with Aaron is solo. Which, you know, I'll get there. Um, you know, the the crowd, it was a good crowd, very giving crowd. And uh, yeah. I want to know like the actual makeup of like how that, I think, I think the majority of the people like follow AEW, know what, not to like, you know, steer this into another AEW talk, but it is kind of curious, the type of fan who's willing to see a New Japan show rather than AEW full gear because you know because like they're in competition with each other like if they're yeah, they're not with them they're against them you're still under the assumption that everybody wants to watch wrestling live like people I think have grown so accustomed to be like I'll watch that later really yeah, that's personally for me like I'll watch things later like I watch most of my wrestling shows later like I watched uh, Dynamite or um, Full Gear this I, morning I, I guess that's I usually watch me. Raw like, in I, the morning as I well I feel too. like wrestling should be watched sometimes live. at night I'm just like I can't it's do this a, especially with Raw <laughs> yeah. you know what I mean um, especially while taking notes and shit. I'm like I'm gonna do it in the morning when I'm caffeinated yeah. Um, but uh, this was a really good show. It was really cool because I got there early for the meet and greet and fucking was welcomed by Harold May outside. Mm, how the, was he? What did he smell like? He uh, he smelled like uh, cucumber and uh, um, that's a very particular smell. Did he just have like a cucumber? I massage think, I, think he had, I think he had like the Dove cucumber body wash. He was, I don't know. Yeah. No, I don't know what he smelled like. But he came out. And he was giving all the people in the like the first like the, he was outside the entire like people Hello, going in everybody, welcoming my people, giving out these him. random stickers of himself with a giant head. Like from what I've seen from Harold May, that dude just looks like you could just like. A, bri- a, a breeze, like a breeze, can pass by. He can just fritter away. He looks very delicate. Seems like he, like Mr. Mackey. Yes, yes. And in, in the, in the <laughs> he does look like Mr. Mackey. Oh, okay, I'm gonna do some New Japan. I'm kind. Thanks for coming. Kai. I'm Harold Mime. Thanks for coming. Kai. Uh, he was a nice guy, and he uh, he gave us all stickers saying, "Oh, here, this is the true fans." And it, he, I felt like he like you're the to, true fans of wrestling. He like none stopped, of that AEW garbage. He stopped garbage. next to me with like that like a photo op thing, and the camera like stood. I mean, like I'm still processing like. 
Hey. I'm still processing that story of Kenny Omega being banned, like being potentially banned from the country for ten years. I don't believe it. I don't think they <laughs> well, have enough pull. I don't like. You imagine heard Kenny, didn't yeah. Kenny Omega just say something like he said something ominous, like oh, one you day cannot, you you can only imagine what the that that the company tries. To no, do no, no, well, well, yeah, that, and he goes, I have a whole lot of stories that I can't talk about now, but in the future when I do one of these shows, it's gonna be like I'm I talk about a lot. That's not like Kenny. What are you doing, man? Well, you should, I don't. You know. shouldn't. First of all, like he shouldn't have said anything. about about that but then he should have also like all right man okay tell what me if it about- was just a warning to new japan like hey dude, stop fucking with me or just stop or just stop talking about it and just promote your fucking match against moxley <laughs> wow that dude did that dude barely did any promotion with that shit. anyways uh but uh new japan uh, crowd was good um i want to uh, it was it was a cool show because it was very different now, i want to talk about my experience going not just the show i saw um you know they did the meet and greet beforehand even the merch stand uh, when the show started they had a bunch of wrestlers just right there uh, for meet and greets, they had Lance Archer, Hiroki Goto, um, uh, Rocky Romero, and uh, Tomohiro Ishii. Which Tomohiro Ishii, that dude slimmed up lately. Yeah, it doesn't look like it on TV that much, but in person, he's. I mean, when you compare him to everybody else who wrestles against him, who are but just compared like, to the last time I saw him, is what yeah. I'm saying. Um, so uh, the show kicked off with uh, Ren Narita defeating Alex Coughlin via pinfall. Uh, two men. It's very good. Mat- one from the Shibato Dojo and one from the New Japan Dojo. Yeah, it was very good. Some Young good lines. classic mat wrestling that showed strong fundamentals between, uh, the, like you said, the LA Dojo and no the, Carl uh, Fredericks, huh? Uh, oh, he, wait. No, he was on yeah, later. He was on the show. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Narita hit the Narita special number four. However, Coughlin making Narita pay for his uh, over eagerness with a massive gut wrench. Uh, Ren Fantastic note taking. <laughs> I, I did really good on here. Ren Narita managed to do a big drop kick though, and followed up with a Narita Narita special number four for the win. So after that, we had uh, the tag match, Jushin Thunder Liger and um, Aaron Solo versus the team of Colt Cabana and Toriyanu. I forgot how over Colt Cabana is. Like, that's the people in this match that were o- the most over. It was Jushin, Colt, Toriyanu. You have to also consider Aaron the Solo. audience, too, right? Like California independent wrestling fans. Or just independent wrestling fans in general. That's true. Like, it's not like it's the think about the type of audience who would go to a New Japan show. You'd have to go out of your way to even know what New Japan is. That's true. So, That's true. you know, uh, surface level wrestling fans are not going to see New Japan. Well, maybe they can. Maybe it, if they like call. Oh, I, I heard wrestling's happening. Yeah, yeah, they're not going to go like. Nah. Um, Yano started out the match with uh, some. Res- he wanted some respect. To, he wanted to show respect to Jushin Thunder Liger, but yeah, Toriano, you can't trust him. He goes for the roll up, doesn't succeed. Uh, it was good back and forth between did we do the, the two shrugs. Uh, I think eventually he did. At the beginning, he did. Did he? Did he? Did he have a DVD? DVD? No, no DVD in hand. I didn't see a DVD in hand. Well, fuck him. Uh, after a hot <laughs> tag, uh, Liger cleaned house on both Cabana and Yano uh, before Solo showed up with his educated feet and good ring presence with a Dr. sunset shoals uh, with his sunset flip into a Yano exposed turnbuckle. Moments later, though, it was Solo tasting the steel and a Superman uh, pin uh, followed by um, was. I believe was by uh, Cole Cabana to, yeah, because this music played at the end to Aaron Solo and uh, Liger and Solo take the L and walked out. And it was a very sad moment because it was Liger's last match in the United States of America. So I think, I mean, I guess it was very sad to see Jason Dunder Liger, uh, uh, his la- uh, leave, you know, I made a little gift. It's bittersweet. I, I made a little gift and I put it on our Instagram at CWR four and five. And it was a little, little goodbye tribute to, uh, I guess they're really just, just hammering in. Like it's all gonna, it's going to be all about January 5th, you know? 
Yeah, where he he he's going to win that match for sure. I mean, whatever match eight he's man got tag. It's going like that on. eight man tag match. Mm-hmm. Uh, another tag match: uh, Suzuki Goon, Minoru Suzuki, and El Desperado defeated the LA Dojo, the team of Carl Fredericks and Clark Connors. Well, shit. Uh, Clark uh, Carl Fredericks is definitely over in this match. Uh, or sorry, uh, Fredericks is over in this match. Uh, Fredericks gave Suzuki all he had in the ring with a forearm shots, but the King uh, responded in a very unkind before continuing to punish the Young Lion Cup winner's arm. Fredericks did get a uh, separation to tag Connors, who landed an incredible power slam to Desperado, and Fredericks would uh, come in for a huge dropkick to Suzuki as the Young Lion took surprising control of the match, and it was a lot of uh, the Young Lions isolating Minoru Suzuki and isolating Desperado which I thought, you know, if they eventually do get a win, and I think Fredericks needs a win over Suzuki eventually. Like, they're starting to build this Suzuki-Fredericks thing, and I, I kind of like it. And it's yeah. not just me being a mark for Fredericks. It's, I think it's cool. As you should be. A young lion honestly. needs to step up and say, yeah. no, no, old lion, this is not happening. I think Suzuki is winning that match, though. Yeah, probably. I mean, whatever. It's a, it's a, it's a whatever. Any spotlight's a good spotlight, and I still think, Carl Fredericks has become kind of the breakout star of that L.A. dojo, which, yeah. you know, was bound to happen eventually, considering how talented that guy naturally is. A uh, momentary lack of judgment led to Fredericks releasing a half crab, however, uh, and Suzuki would catch the younger man in a gotch-style pile driver as Desperado held Connors at bay. So... They won the match. After that, we had uh, was a six-man tag match. Tomer Hero Ishii, Juice Robinson, and TJP uh, uh, defeated Los Ingobernables de Japón, Bushi, Evil, and Sonata when Robinson pinned Bushi. Um, there's a few random notes I put. Hold on. Um, let's see. Oh, the thank you Liger chance after the Liger match. Sorry, I'm just pulling up my random little tidbits. Uh, young Lions look good against the old Lions. Uh, oh, yeah. And this match. The six-man tag match, Juice and uh, TJP go for this um, kind of tandem move on, I believe, Evil, Sonata, or Bushi, uh, where they both do a kip-up and a and like the elbow drop, yeah. but Juice couldn't do the kip-up, and he was stuck. <laughs> and TJP had to go over and lift him up, and then they did the elbow drop. It was, I didn't know if his back gave out or whatever, but, um, and I feel like... Uh, Ishii and Evil are like the same person at different points of their life. <laughs> <laughs> like, like Evil is like the his, young, no, his golf, his golf phase in college, and then like Ishii's the older one, the older version where he got he's just, shorter, and he's just like, I still listen, I still listen to rock music, but you know, it's it's I don't have the purple hair anymore. Um, let's see. Uh, it was a good match though. Let's uh, the end of the match. Uh, like I said, what was the crowd like? It was, it, was good. it was a very giving crowd. Yeah. So Very respectful. Uh, Robinson, Meltzer was there. Meltzer was there, and apparently I was sitting in the same seat he sat in when he went to see his first wrestling show ever. And you didn't smell that seat? I, I mean, I took it home with you. Didn't, you're sitting on it right now. <gasps> oh, my God. And then we have the Chaos Defeating Bullet Club in, uh, when Rocky Romero pinned uh, Jado, or Jado. I'm not Jado. Jado. It's, it's Jado. Yeah. Uh, as long as it's, I'm not calling him an asshole, I'm sure he's okay with it. Um, yeah, but so Rocky Romero got the pin. I think a lot of people were kind of mad about this. I heard in house that Rocky Romero got the pin, especially with a team of Kenta, Taiji Ishimori, and uh, Jado. Jado. <laughs> I really didn't try it. I'm not trying. Jado. Okay. So after that, uh, show versus uh, El Fantasma, which really woke woke up the crowd because after the Rocky Romero six man tag match, I was kind of like out of it for a second. 
Like I was kind of dozing off a little bit, not because of the show, but just in general, there was a long day and I had a couple drinks. And so El Fantasmo and uh, show really woke up the crowd uh, after ELP riled up the crowd with a pre-match uh, theatrics show exploded out of the gate with a spear uh, took the champion outside into the guardrails power offense followed into the ring but Fantasmo caught with a kick down the apron um, and delivered a power bomb to the uh, lower back of show on the apron uh, typically effective offense and by El Fantasmo of course the usual back raking a powerbomb attempt would uh, uh, would be con- uh, countered into a Boston Crab, however, uh, and the lower back was tortured by the uh, British cruiserweight champion, which, you know, I don't know about them. I know the picture of Cody you're I showing me. I'm showing you a picture of Cody. And um, Just to throw you on a loop. Yeah, so I, uh, Taiji Ishimori, though, did just come out and uh, try to intervene in the match. That's when Yo and Rapungi 3K came out, uh, trying to set up their match, I believe, at Wrestle Kingdom. I heard you're talking about... Um no, go on. ELP and um, LP El Fantasma. Yeah, not the not the uh, Run the Jewels. <laughs> uh, ELP though did um, did hit a Styles Clash in the match. And That's kind of his thing. That's like he's just doing moves of past Bullet Club members. He did. He's going to be the Bullet yeah. Club leader eventually. They're building him up as the next Bullet Club leader. I mean, isn't Jay White the Bullet Club leader? Then, well, dude, what happens in Bullet Club? This is the, you know, somebody uh, eventually comes everybody in. Everybody dies. Well, no. Lance Archer has nothing to do with it. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's just... Um, no. Every, then, no. What happens in Bullet Club? Uh, everything is evil. Ev- everything. No. <laughs> There's always a new leader. There's always a cruiserweight that what comes in. What happens in Bullet Club? Uh, go Stays ace. in Bullet Club. Go ace. <laughs> I'm just saying uh, everything. You can't see me. Um, no. Eventually, there's a new leader, and I think it's going to be El Fantasmo. They're really building him up as the person to try to take over. He's going to be the last, I think, mm. leader of Bullet Club, too. And I keep saying that about somebody, but I really think he could be the last leader of Bullet Club. You like think Bullet Club is just no longer? I mean, of course, well, clearly has lost a lot of its luster, you know, considering the people elite. are still. I mean, even me, like when Bullet Club, came, I stand up and I salute Bullet Club. I mean, Bullet Club shirts are just no longer that. I, I have fully. T- I told Jay White in the meet and greet that we have given our podcast. We salute. Bullet Club as our leader. Did you really tell Jerry White we have a podcast? No, no, I didn't. You didn't have the ball. But I saw him. I said, last time I saw you, I was just like John Cena. He goes, oh, that was in San Francisco, right? It was San Francisco. You know, you dressed up like John Cena. That's in San cool. Francisco. That's cool. Hey, Gaido, look at him. Hey. Hey. I'm going to win. I'm going to win that double title match. You see me? I'm Jay White. Uh, Lance Archer defeated uh, David Finley in a match. I'll be honest, I didn't see. I stepped out for a moment. and uh, I heard that was a really good match. Really? I was like, out of all the stuff, I heard... Okay, here's the thing. I'll tell you what like what got the most buzz throughout that entire show. I heard Sho and Yo fucking killed it. Well, they were... Yeah, uh, Sho was in a singles match, and yeah, Yo and, and Rocky was in Yeah, Sho had a singles match. That was really that good. That was really yeah. good. And that David Finley and... Um, Lance Archer had a really good match as well. Everyone was standing. Like, I literally got back to my seat and they're like, one, they serve food. two, three. Yeah, it was like fucking, I will be honest. Food was expensive, but I went and I found coffee for three bucks. I and was so happy. Wow. I was like, yes, because I was about to fall asleep. When did the ring, when did the, when did the, when was ring bell time? Seven, like seven fifteen, seven okay. ten. All right. Then the weird, like that was in the middle of full gear. Yeah. Uh, then we had another tag match of Los Ingobernables de Japón, Tetsuya Naito and Shingo Takagi versus Bullet Club, Chase Owens and Jay White. Um, I mean, this was a good match. Owens started, uh, the Owens started the match, uh, with some action against, I believe it was Shingo. 
Um, you know, it, they're just really setting up, at least with these last two matches, the Wrestle Kingdom main event going forward. Okay, we got T-shirt Naito, and was he just like out to lunch? Nope. We got full dressed up. Oh, he, cool. he came out in a suit. Um, he yeah, but he had the. I love how he has the has the hat in his back pocket. So at nice. the end of the match, he could put it on. Yeah, <laughs> like hey, you know, I wasn't dressed up. I just had a hat on. But like I said, the end of the match had um, uh, Naito pinning Chase Owens for the victory, uh, not pinning uh, Jay White. So, um, yeah, it was good. I liked it. Yeah, everyone was fully behind uh, Los Angeles. I feel like you're kind of just immune to not hating anything in the show since you were there live. No. That's the worst match you've ever seen live. Uh, David Arquette versus Nick Gage. That wasn't the worst match. No, I mean, like, what's the definition of worst match? Like, that was the scaredest I was to be Adam. Like, that was like, I was like scared to be there. Like, well, I was like, okay, no, what f- was like, okay, Monday Night Raw. The, that yeah, Raw I mean, that you were in. I mean, the worst thing you ever The worst thing live. I ever was like a Monday Night Raw taping, of course, after Survivor Series last year in LA. Man, um, that's a lot of wrestling. But, I mean, there's there's got to be like, there was one match I was like, yeah, I was, oh, uh, House of Horrors. I was there for that. Oh. Yeah. I mean, I wasn't there for that. I was there at the live. You were at viewing. the House of Horrors. I was. You know, you were in some form, in one way or another. You were in a I, House of Horrors. Yeah. Um, and the main event of the night was it wasn't a fucking orgy of a match, like you said, but it was a good match nonetheless. I saw a g- animated GIF of the first of um of uh, the, the Amazing Red and uh, Osprey. Yeah. Amazing that part Red, where those guys were like, hey, 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 hey. yeah, the, kind of the, it was the, like, it's like the tilt the world, it's like um, sex DDT. with Casey Catanzaro and Ricochet, yeah, just like, hey, 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 hey. <laughs> and then they had a stalemate and everybody clapped. Yes, that looked fucking awesome. That was really cool. Um, but it did have at the end of the match, um, Amazing Red and uh, Bushi um, taking the loss to Okada and Osprey, and there was wasn't there a spot? I remember there was another thing I saw on Twitter of um Abushi's teasing a like a springboard like knee to Okada but then like Okada just moves out of the way. Yeah. And then just like and then Abushi just walks. Like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I got you, but remember January fourth, you me. <laughs> there was uh yeah, yeah. There was a post match speech, right? There was a post match speech. Did yeah. Okada speak English? Yes he did. Was it good? No, not that great, but he tried. He, he, I don't he think he tried. He tried. Yeah, he, no. He, he said, you, you, you fun today, guys. Oh. And we all said, yes. And he goes, you fun today. And we said, nice, yeah. Nice, nice. And he goes, sorry, I don't understand what I say. Did he really like <laughs> yeah. talk like and, uh God, God bless him. God bless and him. And then he spoke in Japanese and, you know. Uh, uh, Chris Char- if you follow Chris Charlton on Twitter, he, he, he was live. I saw him live tweeting like, what uh, was saying. Thank you, Chris Charlton. Um, yeah. I'll, I'll, but I'll, you know what? Since you, you Abushi did come Charlton. out, you know, afterwards they did kind of a face to face. But it was really cool just to be there, and I'm like, I'm really watching. Oh Abushi no, I don't doubt it at all. To witness Abushi and Akata <laughs> go face to face live. This in was my last international match of the year, thanks to the US, UK, Australia, all that support worldwide. And JPW is but yeah, okay. Yeah. Oh, it's what the people want. We have a double title match to fill the dome both days. We should be giving the fans what they want. After I went on January fifth, we'll talk. Well, I'll talk about that then. First, though, on January fourth, if I don't win, it's all for zero. Uh, me and Ibushi is heating up. It might be our match on the fourth is even hotter than the main on the fifth. I hope everyone's excited worldwide. Well, when, also, I think he said something in English too, and uh, that he said, "When I come back here, I will just be IWGP champion." 
<laughs> like, okay, I'm just gonna lay down. I'm just gonna lay down for the night. Uh, the, 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 no, I think intercontinental. Match. I think he's gonna. If he wins it, I think he'll. Naito's win. winning it all. I think so. <laughs> but um, oh god, I mean, I said that the last time he wasn't a New Japan main. I mean, a uh, Wrestle Kingdom main event, and we'll see how that went. Um, but it's um, if Okada does win both titles, he's gonna relinquish the Intercontinental. Because he doesn't, he he doesn't see it like it for him. It's like he's like he's a, just taking up a spot. No, it's a, just a notch in his bed. It's like, oh, okay, well, he's you know a, he's Ric Flair. This. He knows that that IWGP Heavyweight Title is the title. He doesn't need a, a lower level title, and that's what the Intercontinental but title I think, is. But it's I feel like that's title. Just, but I just feel like you know he he'll just win it out of principle. Exactly. No, yeah. exactly. And then he'll say, "I won these, <laughs> I won these two belts, <laughs> but you know, this is the only one I truly care about." I'm just taking up a spot just <laughs> But doesn't that really like make the the IC title look horrible, especially when you had Naito throwing it around months ago? Does he throw around both titles if he wins Naito? That'd be great. That'd just be a like, great visual. He's like kicking them both. Yeah. New Japan yeah, that uh, was wrestling. An und- somebody sent me an, un- an undisputed era themed wedding reception. Nope, not watching that. Um, they announced uh, they announced a match on Dynamite this week. It's the rubber match between so, Pack and Hangman is, and um, Page. Is uh, Dark going to happen next week too? No, Dark Dark happened Friday. Why is it happening on Friday? Why did it happen on Friday? Because they wanted to get it ahead of Full Gear. Because that was not, like, that was just because they didn't want to. Did they film one at Full Gear? No, they filmed it. They filmed it after Dynamite. I, I know, I know that. But what I'm saying is, like, are they going to make another one to put out for this week on Tuesday, or are we not going to have one? on I don't Tuesday? think we're just going to have one. Okay, so are they going to start coming out on Friday? They could just have. Honestly, they could have like a fucking a, a post show, like a full gear post show, like how NX. I mean, not they didn't film any match. They didn't like do any dark filming. They didn't do any like they didn't film any matches. Yeah, that didn't make it to air. So I don't know what they're going to do Tuesday. All right, let's look watch th- NWA Power. Let's look through my random uh, bullet points of the show. Uh, oh yeah, Coughlin's chest was fucking beat to shreds by Ren Narita. Okay. Uh, crowd big for Liger and Colt Cabana. Already said that. Uh, thank you, Chance, for Liger uh, after he left. Uh, young Lions looked good against the old Lion. Uh, Juice couldn't do the kick, the kip up. Evil and Ishii, same person. Uh, crowd got quiet when Bushi came into the ring. Uh, which I thought was kind of weird. Uh, Ishii didn't get the cue to go. Oh, at the end of the the six-man tag, Juice and TJP are trying to get Ishii to come back in the ring to pose, and Ishii just like walks away and just walks up the ramp and leaves. When Juice is trying to get us to clap for Ishii to come back, Ishii just leaves. It's very odd. Uh, show kicks out of the Styles Clash. Everyone chants AJ Styles. I feel like you're... Oh, okay. Um, ELP and Show really got the crowd up. and then uh, Just call him Phantasmo. Then ELP hit the dick punch to uh, show in the match. There was a straight up dick punch. And then you just you ate your nachos. And, and then I was almost out of battery, so I stopped taking notes. Good. And I'm running out of batteries too. All right, guys, that that about does it here for us on the post show. Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe at CWR four one five Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Dynamite. Uh, Hangman Adam Page versus Pack. I'm looking forward to that. Uh, Monday Night Raw. We'll see what the fuck they do there. Oh wait, no, we already know. <laughs> Should we just? No. Should we just? Nah. No. Are you gonna do? You're gonna do a review show there? I mean, uh, yeah, yeah. We always do raw review shows. I mean, for some reason, <laughs> it's the A show. <laughs> All right, guys, that about does it here for us on the. But no, it's not the B show. It's just the post show. Yeah, it's a special Sunday B show. I mean, we we're talking about stuff that we normally do talk about in the B show. All right, guys. Special well, Sunday service. We'll see you guys later. Have a wonderful day and talk to you later. Bye. I need to go to the bathroom.